You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. special shout out to any mom in any team who's serving this morning. I just want to say thank you. Uh, you guys are amazing. Um, so many people do so many things to help uh, our service be what it is, and so few of them get seen. Um, but I just want to, yeah, I want to value every person who serves, and in particular, every mum who serves. Uh, yeah, I can't thank you guys enough. So, happy Mother's Day, right? Like, how good is Mother's Day? I, I like Mother's Day. I like being able to tell uh, not just my beautiful wife, but my mum, what a great job uh, they've done in the lives, in my life, but in the lives of our, our children, the influence that they have. And uh, I, I really like to celebrate uh, mums and celebrate not just the mums that uh, have physical children, but mums that speak into the lives of uh, up and coming generation, spiritual mums, uh, mums that reach out beyond their life into the lives of others. And I think that sometimes we, we can underestimate really the significance that mums play in people's lives. And Mother's Day is a day where we get to, we get to really celebrate that um, and really honour that. But I also recognise that today can, can also be a difficult day. Um, and I, I want to acknowledge that as well, um, that for, for some uh, people who maybe have lost a mum uh, or lost a child, Mother's Day can be confronting. Uh, and I want to let you know that God is in that space with you. Uh, we're not supposed to deny our emotions. We're not supposed to deny that the pain of loss is real. But I do believe that, that God meets us right in that moment and, and is able to bring healing and comfort. Uh, and so I, I pray for you today, um, whether, whether you're here or maybe you're listening on our podcast, I just want you to know we're, we're praying for you today. We're believing for you today that there would be healing, that there would be comfort. Um, so... I want to read from probably one of the most iconic mum figures in the Bible, if that's all right. I know it's a little bit cliched uh, to, to kind of focus on Mary on Mother's Day, but you know, I mean, it, it's going to be okay. If you have a Bible with you this morning, uh, if you would, could you turn to the, the Gospel of Luke? Um, it's in the New Testament. We're going we're gonna to jump in right at the beginning of that book. And uh, if you don't have a Bible with you, that's cool. We're going we're gonna to have our, uh, all of the Bible verses up on the big screen uh, so that you can follow along with what I'm reading. And hopefully I don't stumble over too many words and uh, it's going to be good. Luke 1 verse 30. Luke 1 verse 30. And uh, really picking up the story of Jesus before uh, he walked on the planet. They give it an insight into what it was like uh, for Mary to realise and be told, hey, you know what, you're going you're gonna to carry uh, the Son of God. Luke 1 verse 30. It says, Don't be frightened, Mary, the angel told her, for God has decided to bless you. You will become pregnant and have a son, and you are to name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. 
Mary asked the angel, but how can I have a baby? I'm a virgin. And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby born to you will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. And what's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say that she was barren, but she is already in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I believe that's a word for some people this morning. Nothing is impossible with God. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant and I am willing to accept whatever he wants. May everything you have said come true. And then the angel left. Am I the only one that thinks that Mary wildly kind of doesn't understand the gravity of the situation she's getting herself into? Like for me, it starts and, and I'm going I'm to pull out some humour in this passage because I, I just, I can't help but I see it there. And I don't, I don't in any way want to offend people who are on a journey and, and, and whatever. But obviously Mary has never been pregnant because her response to being told that she's going to be pregnant is the same as someone like in my, my high school PE class. They have no idea of what pregnancy is going to do to their body. No, no idea of what it might look like to be a pregnant teenager whose excuse to their mum and dad is, uh, it was God. Like she, she clearly, this, this is one of my favourite bits here. Don't be frightened, Mary. God's decided to bless you. <laughs> that was the best laugh. Do you know why that was a good laugh? Because that lady right there is pregnant. And there are parts of pregnancy which I have been told are a blessing. But then there's the rest of pregnancy. And then there's labour at the end of pregnancy. And I've been told that blessing's probably not a word that would be used to describe that aspect of the journey. Now, although I've never been pregnant, uh, my wife and I, we have this joke that uh, each of our pregnancies, I've had a ghost pregnancy. I've had a phantom pregnancy. Um, I feel like I, I, I want to embrace as much of the journey as possible. And so for, for somehow psychologically, I encourage my body uh, to go through similar symptoms. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit's trying to stop me from getting myself into a big deep hole right now. But I wake up and I'm like, oh, I'm so, babe, I'm so bloated. I'm feeling so bloated, right? Oh, I'm, so, I'm so tired. It's, I'm so tired. And... <clears throat> I am grateful that I don't, as a man, have to go through pregnancy. But I also love watching the way in which there's this grace on women to do it really well. But I also love Mary's response here. Being told she's going to be pregnant and, and that the way in which it's going to happen is through the Holy Spirit. Her response to that is, yeah, I'm good. I am willing to do whatever he wants. We are blessed in that we live in a society with public hospitals. If we put this in the context of the first century, I don't imagine that any aspect of teenage pregnancy is going to be a blessed journey, yet alone the end 
where, as we know, if you know what happens, if, if, if you've ever experienced the nativity scene at Christmas, you would know that she gives birth with no pain medication. There's no gas going on. There's no epidural. There's no spinal tap. She's out with a couple of horses in some hay, like doing, doing that, that end of the pregnancy journey. We're just going to leave it at that, right? And I think, I think that there's a beautiful thing that we, we can take out of this, and that is that when God calls us into something, there's a reason He doesn't tell us what it looks like in the end. There's a reason that He just encourages us to lean into the journey. And I guess this is for everybody, not just mums here this morning, but maybe God's encouraging you this morning to, to lean into a journey. And you're asking, God, I would really like all of the details. And God's like, no, you don't want all the details. Because you don't want to know that one point in this journey is going to look like you giving birth with no pain medication in a stable surrounded by animals on a bed of straw. You don't want to know that part of the journey because if you knew that at the beginning, you would run away. But God is an incredible God. And so He tells us exactly what we need. But you've got to understand that long before this child is born to Mary, She's given a dream about this child. She's told something about what this child would be like. He would be significant. He would be great. He would be a king. He would reign over Israel. And later in Mary's pregnancy, other people go on to tell her about certain things that her child will accomplish, that, that things that he will be. If we, if we journey just through Luke a little bit further, we get into Luke chapter 2 um, shortly after. And, uh, and related to Christmas, this is like the, the scene where the shepherds see the angels as the hark, the herald angels sing. Um, that's where we get that. And and what we see is that the, the angels tell the shepherds, hey, this, this child's going to be the Messiah. And they run away. And verse 17 tells us that the shepherds tell Mary that these angels have said to her, her baby is going to be the saviour of the world, which is, I think, fairly significant to be told as a mom. Hey, guess what? Don't mess it up. But your, your child is going to save the entire of humanity. Further on again, we are Luke 2, 33 to 35, one of the first times that, that Jesus' parents take Jesus in a church. Just this is a, this is a side note. This is why it's really great to bring your children into church. It's an opportunity for someone to speak over them the plan that God has for their life. And, and, and it says a godly man, Simeon. It's a godly man right here. If you want to prophecy over your child, line him up later. Simeon, he's good to go. He's ready in and out of season. Um, but it says Simeon comes up and God had told Simeon that before you die, you're going to see the Messiah. And he sees Jesus walk in and Satan comes alive in his spirit. And he's like, I know, I've got it. I know it. And it says that this man went up to Mary and said, God came and, and told her that this child will be rejected by many, but also be the greatest joy to others. And that's... And so of all of the things that Mary is told of this child we're told that she quietly treasured these things in her heart and thought about them often. Now, not every mum gets visited by angels. Not every mum has the opportunity to have God himself start the journey and place significance on your child. But I do believe that every mum does what Mary's doing. Every mum treasures things in their heart about their child. Every mum begins to dream about their child, cultivates that dream, develops that dream, and actually functions out of the dreams that they have for their children. I actually believe that it's an incredible 
gift that mums carry, to be able to dream for their children. They carry the seed of the future potential that could be the hope for and the possibilities of their child's life. Proverbs 29 tells us that where there is no vision, no revelation of God and his word, the people are unrestrained. You see, one of the reasons mums are amazing at being mums is because they parent out of the dream that they have for their children. If we lose the vision of what we're shaping our children to become, then we lose what drives a lot of our parenting. When I look around this place, what I see is mums who have this dream for who their children will be. They've got this vision for who their children will be and it guides, it brings restraint, it brings direction, it brings, it brings reason and purpose to the way in which they parent. And it's a beautiful thing. Not only does it guide them into the future, you see, but having a vision encourages you to be intentional. Mums teach their children to dream for themselves, helping them to see what they could be and then giving them the gift of a dream to aim for. You know, mums have this incredible capacity to guide with words, to encourage, to speak things over their children. Mothers create opportunities because of the dreams they have for their children. Because, because as a mum, you hold on to this potential, this dream, this, this hoped for, for your children. I look at the way Rach creates these opportunities. You know, like, she'll do way more craft with our kids than I ever will. What was that? Hallelujah. I've seen our craft box at home. It's amazing. But it's, I think often mums miss the value of the little opportunities that they create so that their children can have, so that their children might be, so that their children they create opportunities, whether it's doing craft or taking them to this place or that place or, 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 or exposing them to this skill or that skill. Mums are incredible at creating opportunities, slowly but surely, gently ushering their children into the possibility of their future. And mums pray until the things that they dream about take place. Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up a child in the way he should go and when he is old, he will not depart from it. This scripture is way more than just discipline or doctrine. And sometimes I think we shrink it and we don't understand that actually it's about the dream. It's about the, the end point that you see that I think ultimately for most of us, we dream that our children will grow up in the house of God, that our children would know God, would follow after Him. That, that's a central part of dreams that, that mums carry for their children. And we raise them in a way so that they have every opportunity to reach that dream. Just before we finish, I want to I wanna note that one opportunity that Mary creates is really significant. I would say that she is there at the start. When Jesus is at this wedding and... You've got to remember, right up to this point, Mary's carrying this dream. She's carrying these things in her heart. And they've run out of wine, which is never a good thing at a wedding. And if, if we go to John 2, verse 5, what we find is that Mary says one simple thing. She says to the servants, 
Go and do whatever he tells you. Once again, being a mom, creating an opportunity for her son to begin fulfilling the dream that she has carried in her heart for decades. But not only that, she's also there at the foot of the cross in John 19, verse 25. You see, he was told that he would sit on a throne. She was told that he would reign and rule. I hardly think she expected to be standing at the foot of a cross, watching something like that happen to her son. But she was still there and she still had those things held in her heart. And mums have this incredible opportunity to be there at the beginning and still be there when things seem like they're lost. And they keep believing and they keep praying. And I wonder what it would have been like for Mary to see it come to fullness, to see her son raised from from the dead and to know that she did all that she could do as mum to help guide and encourage and create opportunity to then see him rise into the dream that she had had for him all along. I think it would have been amazing. I think it would have been incredible. And I know this morning we have not just physical, natural mums in all all stages of their parenting journey, but we also have a number of women who have dreams to to be a mum. And we, we wanna close our service with an opportunity for every woman to to be prayed for. We would like to pray for you and believe for a a few things in this area of dreams. We believe that mums carry this significance in dreaming for their children and encouraging and shaping and, and, and nudging and speaking those dreams over the lives of their children. Mums carry something that I just, I don't believe dads do. Dads have, have a great role and I, I love being a dad, but there's something that, that Rach carries as a mum in her heart as Mary did in her heart for her children. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.